Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, January 28, 2018, by guest preacher Nathan Strutz on the basis of Hebrews 3, verses 1 through 6. What are you thinking about right now? I oh, wonder how long the sermon's going to be today. What's for lunch? I'm starting to get kind of hungry. I miss breakfast today. I wonder what the funniest Super Bowl commercial is going to be. Um, how often do you think about Jesus? Now, in church, you would think, well, of course, in, in, in church, I'm thinking about Jesus. right? H- have you ever tallied up in a day, how often do you think about Jesus or say the name Jesus in a positive way or read the name Jesus in your Bible or a devotion? Might might sound surprising to say this in church, but uh, Jesus is not a natural thought to us. Thinking about Jesus doesn't come normally for us. It's easier to think about the Super Bowl and lunch and everything else, and so we need to constantly be reminded, fix your thoughts on Jesus. It's going to take some effort to fix your thoughts on Jesus and never forget about Jesus, so fix your thoughts on on Jesus. There's a big reason why we fix our thoughts on Jesus. He has declared you to be holy. That's right, perfect. By his perfect life, Jesus said, you are perfect. Now that might get you some stares if you walked around town and every time you went to a grocery store, he said, hey, I'm perfect. But you are. God has declared you holy. He's given you this heavenly calling, the calling that came from heaven, from Jesus itself, and has as its goal that you get to heaven. And this word calling isn't just, well, God took the first step and made the call to you, and now you better finish the deal. No. This calling is effective. God didn't just call you to faith. He's given you faith. Jesus has called you brothers and sisters. And that's not only brothers and sisters with each other, but you are a brother or a sister with Jesus himself. Now there's a reason to fix your thoughts on Jesus, because you're his brother or sister and holy in his eyes. Fix your thoughts on Jesus because of who he is. He's the apostle and high priest whom we acknowledge. Now, maybe those aren't familiar terms. The, The word apostle is someone who is sent out with authority. Jesus was sent out with the authority to forgive our sins, sent out with the authority to declare God's love to us. He's also our high priest. The main job of the high priest, to offer a sacrifice for sin. Jesus offered the perfect sacrifice of himself for all sins of all people of all time. We fix our thoughts on Jesus because of who he is and what he has declared us to be. Okay, maybe those ideas are a little vague, though. Uh, Maybe it'd be good if we could compare Jesus with someone. And that's exactly uh, what this this book of Hebrews does. It makes the comparison between Moses and Jesus and shows us just how much greater Jesus is. now, Now, when the writer of the Hebrews chose Moses, he wasn't picking a a very insignificant person, a very easy bar to jump over that Jesus could be better and superior to him, right? Um, He didn't pick Mark Rippon or uh, Doug Williams, who only played in the Super Bowl once as the baseline quarterback. He picked Moses. 
Moses was the MVP of God's Old Testament. Moses was a great prophet. In fact, we would even say the greatest prophet ever who appeared. Moses was one who spoke God's word. Now, all of the prophets did that. It's the very definition of prophet. Maybe that doesn't make him very special. Moses is someone who spoke God's word through several books of the Bible. We can find other prophets who did that. Uh, Moses, as we're told in this lesson, was someone through whom God spoke about what would happen in the future. But there were other prophets who did that. There was only one prophet, Moses, about whom God said, I speak to him face to face like a friend. About no other person did God ever say that. So Moses was a very great prophet. And he had a very great mission, and he was faithful in carrying out the mission that God gave him to do. He led the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt into the promised land. This was not an easy job. The people grumbled, they complained, and Moses was patient. Moses put up with the people. God allowed Moses to do great miracles. He was faithful in this mission. But you know, he was still a person. And so he still had faults and failings and sins, even including murder. Now do you see how Jesus superior to Moses? Jesus was not a murderer. Jesus allowed himself to be murdered for the sins of all people. Jesus was not just faithful in one task at one time. Jesus was faithful in the past to his mission to live and die and rise. Jesus is faithful today in his mission to bring us God's word. And Jesus will be faithful for all future time in carrying out his mission to spread this word to the ends of the world. Right? Jesus was not merely a prophet. Jesus was the prophet, the one about whom Moses spoke when he said, Hey, Jesus, there's this prophet coming after me, and you must listen to him. So great as Moses was, Jesus was even greater. Right? Moses was faithful in the house, but as it says, Jesus is the builder of the house. And the builder of the house has more glory than someone who just lives there, right? And, and this word for builder, it's not just the actual physical construction. The, the word builder is all-encompassing to talk about the creative process in designing the home, doing the actual blueprints, providing the materials, actually doing the construction, and picking out the color for every cabinet and carpet and countertop. Jesus did all of this so that we would be declared his house, his perfect turnkey project of his grace. So he said it before, but Hebrews says it again. Moses was great in God's house, but Jesus even greater. And so we fix our thoughts on Jesus. Moses was a servant in God's house. You know, don't think of the word servant like a lowly, insignificant position. This word servant is only used this one time in the whole New Testament. And it's used to talk about service that was honorable, service that was desired. It's service that was voluntary. It's not a slavery, 
but it's voluntary service that was freely given. And this word also conveys that there's a close relationship between the one offering the service and the one who is being served. Remember God said he talked to Moses face to face like a friend. Moses was a servant who had this close personal relationship. But again, Moses was only in God's house. God says we are his house. Did you, did, did you catch that? Isn't that a cool phrase? We are God's house. A house is comprised of people who are related by blood or adoption or marriage. You know what? We are related to Jesus by blood and adoption and marriage. Jesus shed his blood to declare us members of his house, that closest connection, brothers and sisters. And he gives us his body and his blood to strengthen that relationship, to reassure us of our forgiveness every time we receive it. Jesus adopted us. Now, adoption is a pretty cool picture of love because it's a love of very conscious choice that chooses someone who was not naturally or physically your own child. We were not naturally God's children. We were naturally sinful, naturally his enemies, but God made this love of conscious choice and pulled us out of all the people in the world, and on the day of your baptism, God said, I adopted you. I declared you to be my own. You are part of my family, part of my house, through blood and adoption and through marriage. Again and again, the Bible calls each believer the bride of Jesus. Just as a groom sees the bride as perfect, beautiful, stunning, so Jesus the groom sees each believer as perfect, holy, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but pure in his sight, so valuable to him, he was willing to make you part of his family with his own blood, his own choice of adoption, and through marriage. There may be one final similarity between Moses and Jesus, but in which Jesus was much greater. Right? Moses' main mission was to lead the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land, what is now Israel. Jesus had the mission to lead us out of the slavery of sin into the greater eternal promised land of heaven. Now this was not an easy task for Moses. The people, this is hard to believe, the children of Israel had been in slavery for 400 years. And on the very first day that they were free, thanks to the leadership of Moses, they grumbled about him and they said, we should go back into slavery. Who would think that? I don't know, maybe ask yourself. We've been freed from the slavery of sin. Will it even take a day before we want to go back? Will it even be on the car ride home that your children will be yelling and arguing like they don't know a thing about the love of Jesus? And will mom and dad lose patience like they don't know a thing about Jesus either? Right. 
will it take until lunchtime when your thoughts are no longer fixed on Jesus, but on everything else? Will it even just be tonight as you plan out your week and there will be plenty of time for sports and TV and work? But will there be any time for Jesus? See, Jesus did the much greater work. And he brought us out of that slavery to sin with his perfect life. Again, declared you holy as brothers and sisters. He rescued us from that slavery with his perfect and holy death, the once and for all price for all of our sins. He brought us in to that perfect promised land of heaven and assured our place with the rock-solid evidence of an empty tomb. Oh, but yeah, you might say, yeah, Jesus lived, and Jesus died, and Jesus rose. I've heard that a bunch of times. But if we're going to fix our thoughts on Jesus, which is not a natural thought, we need to think that again and again and again. It's why we have worship every week. We don't have worship once a year and say, oh, that'll be enough, and then you'll know it all. Right? Pretty soon we're going to have worship twice a week, because we need to hear again how much Jesus loved us, and how he suffered and died for us. And it's fixing our thoughts on Jesus again and again and over and over that give us what that last verse tells, talks about, right? That then we have freedom to speak to God in prayer. Confidence that God will hear us and answer every one of our prayers for our good. Then we'll have hope. Now, most translations of the Bible use the word confidence instead of hope to show just how certain it is. You know, we've got to wait for hope. That can be difficult, right? But we have confidence. We have hope. He even says we have glory. Now, actually, uh, usually this word for glory is translated boast. Now, we think boasting is something bad, right? It, it's bragging. It's self-centered. But maybe, just maybe, could you make people jealous that you have Jesus? Make people jealous that you have a Savior who always listens to your prayers. That you have the absolute certainty, when I die, my troubles will be over. My sadness will end, because I'm going to go and be with my Savior. Now, maybe someone will make fun of you for believing that. Or maybe someone will think, oh, that's silly, that's old-fashioned, come on. And they might put you down for your confidence and your hope and even your bragging. But don't you think that maybe, just maybe, there might just be a little bit of jealousy involved? I'm not cheering for the Patriots next week Sunday because I don't want them to win any more Super Bowls. But I'll be honest, if I get into a discussion with a Patriots fan, I'll have to admit a little bit of me is jealous that my team's only won four Super Bowls, right? And if I get into an argument with a Vikings fan, I know it's not really much of an argument because they're just jealous that my team has won four Super Bowls and their team has lost four. Right? You can share the absolute confidence, the certain hope that you have in Jesus. When you fix your thoughts on Jesus, you can make people jealous that you have Jesus. Make them jealous that you have this hope and this confidence. And that even when they're putting you down, you know that you have a certain and perfect and eternal life in heaven. So fix your thoughts on Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.